Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. I don't like their doctrine. But I love, I know God loves the people, and we ought to love the people, not see them as anything but those whom God loves. But unfortunately, the system has taught them that they've got to pay for their own sin. Not really up front. Well, you've got to do this to be absolved of your sin. You've got to do this to be absolved of your sin. And only then you might make it. And there are people living under that delusion all their life, and they live in fear and jeopardy every day. And do you know that God hates that? He hates it. And we ought to hate it too. Nothing should come between you and God. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob finalizes the first part of our study in 1 Peter chapter 1. Our teaching today gives us a picture of our blessed hope in Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we have complete salvation and receive genuine faith of which He gives us when we believe in Him. God's salvation is a gift that can't be earned. It is freely given through our belief in the completed work on the cross. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Paul tells us that today is a day of salvation. Lord, I pray that all that are listening confess their sins and ask you to come into their lives and receive you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, let's listen to Pastor Rob with today's message. ...of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. This is from, you know, First um, Thessalonians chapter 4. So God is the one who sets you apart. And he loves to set you apart. I'm so glad that I've been set apart. I never asked him to come into my life. (laughs) Honestly, it's almost like he invaded my life at a time when I was in my darkest sin. I had a semblance, I had some roots from my past, people telling me about Jesus. There were some things rattling around in my mind about him. I knew very little, really nothing. But I love the fact that when I was in my darkest hour, God was there with someone to tell me the truth. And man, radically changed, radically saved. (laughs) Aren't you glad that you've been saved? For some people, it's a dramatic moment, bam, like a lightning bolt. And that's what it was for me. It was just shaking the foundations of everything, just cracking me like an egg. And other other people, it's kind of like a, a slow, gentle thing. And then you wake up one day and you're like, I believe all of this. It's been sneaking up on me all these years. And it bit me. (laughs) And And that's the way it is for some people. And regardless of how you get there, just get there. And know that when you're there, that you're one of his. 
It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, you know, God knew, and he called you. He chose you. You know, there's this one illustration that I heard that I really liked of... of, of, of just this hypothetical gate at heaven, which I don't know if there's one there, but, uh, you know, you walk, you, you look at the door and it says, um, enter in all who want to be saved, you know, and then you walk through the door and then you look on the opposite side of the door as you get under there and you look back and there's another sign that says, save from the foundation of the world. It was your choice to walk through the door, but God knew that you were going to walk through the door. So he chose you. So if there's any doubt in your heart of, Lord, am I chosen? Am I one of yours? Make the proclamation of faith. Get on your knees privately, wherever, and just say, Lord, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I give everything to you again, Lord. I just want to give it up. Have you ever tried to make your way in life? We all did, didn't we? I was trying to make my own way in in life, thinking that I knew best and that God would have to accept me because I'm a good person. Well, I'm not a good person. And I hate to say it, folks, but none of you are either. You're good now because of, because of the Lord Jesus, right? But we're all the same, right? The Bible says all of sin and come short. And then for obedience. In Second Thessalonians, it says this in chapter 1, verse 3. It says, we are bound to give thanks to God for you. Brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. And certainly these people were doing that, these people that Peter was addressing, which is a manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. And they were certainly suffering. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you. You know, you never trouble a child of God. Never trouble someone who claims to be a, a believer. In verse 7 he says, And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God, notice here, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So unto obedience we must obey. We must obey. And the sprinkling of blood of Jesus, excuse me, we know that Jesus' blood has been sprinkled on us, not literally, but figuratively, and therefore we are in the Beloved. It says this in Hebrews chapter 9. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, and not with blood of bulls and goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkle, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and to serve the living God? Amazing, right? 
So elect according to the foreknowledge of God and sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, grace to you and peace be multiplied. In verse 3, said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. He's begotten us again. We were born physically, but we needed to be born again. He has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection is the ground. It's the very foundation of our faith. There is no other faith on the planet Earth that can claim that their guru or whoever their holy man was or holy woman died in their place. They don't even like to talk about sin. You never notice that? It's just blind submission. Why? Because I'm holy. Well, why are you holy? And what, what, is your, what are your demands? Holiness for everyone. And demands holiness. That's God's standard. But the resurrection, there is only one who was resurrected from the dead, who claimed to be God. The Bible foreknew, the Bible talked about him hundreds of years in advance through the prophets, that Jesus would would come, the tribe he would come through, the very mother he would be born through. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, this son. Unto us a son is born. He's Almighty God, the Everlasting Father. This son is the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Have you thought about that verse? Isaiah 9, verse 6, that we see on all of our Christmas cards. For unto us a son is born, and and, and, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God. Is Jesus God? There's a good verse for you. Everlasting Father? You mean he's, he's, he's equal to God the Father? You better believe it, he is. Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Love that. Just this idea of a living hope. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, In whom you also trusted, Paul speaking to the Ephesians, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And we already read this before, but this is part of, this is the living hope that we have, the guarantee We were first saved, and now the guarantee is going to come to pass when he comes back and he restores us, and he takes us literally up off this earth. And in that same chapter, in verse 18, just for the sake of time, let's go to uh, Ephesians 2, verse 1. And it says, And you... He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in whom you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Isn't that what we were before we came to Christ? We were just walking our own thing and living life according to our own lust, doing our own thing. But he has called you. And uh, according to the, um, and, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, speaking of this um, 
That's the way we used to walk, among whom also you also conducted yourself in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Notice verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us, here it is, alive together with Christ. He made us alive together with him. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. This is one of my favorite verses. We use this for baptism often. Because remember, this living hope that we have is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That living hope we have been given because of what he has done. And again, this is all familiar territory to us, but we need to remember. In Romans chapter 6, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? Certainly not. We shall, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do we not know that as many of us have been baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? That's when we go down. We, we, we go down into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Notice the call to holiness. The call to holiness. We're going to be looking at this in the coming weeks, but when you're a child of God, there is a, a different standard that God gives to you. And it's one that's, that he wants you to walk in, to walk in holiness. Think about the things that you read. Think about the things that you watch. Think about what's inside of your heart. Say, Lord, I want to live a holy life. You've purchased me. Newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, verse 5, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because that's what we were. We had no power in us to deny our fleshly appetites. When we wanted a smoke, we took a smoke. When we wanted a drink, we took a drink. When we felt like we wanted to do something, we did it. And we just kind of, whatever felt good, we just did. That's the way we lived our lives. If it feels good, do it. It's been the mantra of today's culture. As long as it feels good, do it. Verse 7, for he has died. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, he dies no more, and death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ our Lord. And I love this verse here. This is such a, a nail in my heart. <laughs> he says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. We have to take those things seriously. I think sometimes we take a cavalier attitude about our sin. We can be hard on other people, but we can be real easy on ourselves. And you know, the Bible says that you know we have to really watch out for these things because God has... Uh, He's, he's died for you. He saved you. You are now a living example. And Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to end here. Unfortunately, I really wanted to get into this other part because this is where it's going to get really fun. Actually, it's been fun. Has it been fun? It's not been easy, has it? <laughs> no. 
You know, the truth is very rarely fun. You know, whenever anybody tells me the truth, oftentimes it's got a sting to it because it's something that I don't want to hear. But it's something that I need to hear. Over and over again, I need to hear it. So let's love each other lovingly to tell each other the truth. When we need to tell each other the truth. Sometimes the best things that I have heard have been, they've been truths that broke my heart in a million pieces. But the person who delivered that, if they did it in a right way, I respect them and I love them even more because I know that that person is going to hold me accountable and they're the real deal. They're not just some phony Christian. They're real. They want me to, to, to thrive in my walk with Christ and so, so do I with them. I want them to thrive. But iron sharpens iron. We need to do that more. Lovingly, not in a, um, in a wrong way. And we all know that because we've all probably been on the brunt of the wrong end of things. I know something about you. God told me this morning when I was having my coffee. You all keep it to yourself. He didn't tell me. But God wants, you know, how is it that you come at somebody? Pray a lot before you go and correct somebody. Because you can do it in love, and when you do it, they know it. They know that you're doing it out of love, and self is removed from the equation. Yourself is removed from the equation. They accept it. You know what I'm talking about. And it's great when it happens to you. It's not so easy when you have to do it yourself. But notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, But now Christ is risen from the dead. He is, he is the living hope through the resurrection. And he's given us that living hope. He says, Now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as all in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive, but each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, and afterward those who are Christ at his coming. And then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, and when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. All authority and power. Jesus Christ. He has begotten us again to a living hope. Can you say that you have a living hope? Is it a living I hope so? You know, there are people who live in that. I hope I'm good enough. And I hate to say it, and I don't mean to pick on a denomination, but I'm going to tell the truth. There are those in Catholicism. God loves those people. I don't like their doctrine, but I, love, I know God loves the people, and we ought to love the people and not see them as anything but those whom God loves. But unfortunately, the system has taught them that they've got to pay for their own sin. Not really up front, well, you've got to do this to be absolved of your sin. You've got to do this to be absolved of your sin. And only then you might make it. And there are people living under that delusion all their life, and they live in fear and jeopardy every day. And do you know that God hates that? He hates it. And we ought to hate it too. Nothing should come between you and God. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. He is our only intercessor. We can go directly to him. And we don't have to pay for our sin. We don't have to feel guilty about our sin and do things motivated out of guilt. 
We can confess our sin and be done with it and be forgiven and walk away free and clear, scot-free. That is the gospel. And unfortunately, that's not what's being shared often. I once saw in a history book, and I don't mean to harp on this, but this is something I I saw this uh, piece of paper that was written many years ago, hundreds of years ago, in in, in the Roman Catholic system. And there was a list of sins. And I actually read it with my own eyes. And there were certain things that you could pay an indulgence for. And this foundation is still there. It may not be a you know, it may not be a menu when you walk into their you know the, the, the mass. There may not be a menu there saying if you did this this week you pay this amount. It may not be a menu, but it's the, the, there's a, there's a lot of other things. But back at that time, they actually had a, a menu. You committed adultery. That's really big. Five hundred bucks. You've only committed a white lie. Five fifty. Right. I mean, they they actually had. Um, amounts assigned to different sins. And sin is sin, the Bible says. It doesn't matter what it is. Sin is sin. One sin can separate you from God for eternity. And yet one cry of an honest heart can be saved radically, even at the 11th hour on a cross as that man was hanging next to Jesus. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This day you will be with me in paradise. Hmm. Isn't that awesome? He hung up there, a sinner bound for hell. And on that cross, that man gave his heart to Christ. Nobody was involved but the Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? Let it break your heart again. And don't let anything get in the way. And again, I want to make something very clear, because I'm real sensitive about this stuff. God loves Catholic people. He loves Anglican people. He loves Presbyterian people. He loves Calvary Chapel people. He loves Baptist people. He loves Methodist people. But if we are not teaching what he said, we got, we're in trouble. We have to teach this, not a tradition of man. This. This is what we ought to teach. This is what God sanctions. This is, what's, this is what he puts his, his spirit upon. Nothing else. I love that. Don't you love the Word of God? And just to think of how much He loves you, let's stand and let's pray. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, that you are not a respecter of persons. Lord, you don't look, around, you don't look down from heaven and see denominations. Lord, you don't see sects of people. Lord, you don't look down and see nationalities. You see two people those who know you and those who do not. And Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord, that you have given us a living hope. We can rest in it, Lord. We can bet our whole existence on it, Jesus, because you have never lied to us. You will never lie. In fact, you cannot lie. Your word, your name is faithful and true. There's no one who is faithful and true 100% of the time but you. And Lord, you've never lied to us. And you have given us the down payment of your spirit, Lord. And we know that we have the assurance that you're coming for us one day. And we will hear the trump of God. We will be taken up off this earth and we'll be transformed. And we will be with you forevermore. We'll come back with you 
in your millennial reign. And then at the end, Lord, when you dissolve the heavens and the earth and everything in the universe with fervent heat, you will create a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness forever. And we will be there forever with you. And there will be no light there because you, the Lamb of God, will be the light thereof. And Lord, that is where we stay. That's where we, that's our, our living hope is in Christ Jesus. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.